It's great to be with you. I'm Rabbi Ken Brodkin. Welcome back to the Jewish Growth Podcast as I'm recording. We are hours away from the month of Nisan, a time that seems so momentous in the Jewish year. I'm excited that Nisan is here. It's a busy Jewish month, no doubt. Perhaps even stressful, dare I say, for myself, for my family, as we're not not only preparing for Pesach, but we are preparing for a cross-country move. And nevertheless, when I see the greenery and the flowers budding here in Portland, it tells me that there was something just beneath the surface that was waiting to grow. Nisan is that beautiful month in Israel and elsewhere in the world when the flowers start to bud and spring arrives. But it's also a month that is an integral stage of our growth process, our annual growth process as Jews. And with the first of Nisan upon us, we are already getting prepared for the Chag. Pretty soon we'll be getting into Pesach, counting the days of the Omer towards Har Sinai. The very purpose of the Exodus was so that we would be able to serve Hashem on the mountain, the Har Hashem, so that we could ascend the mountain of God. And now that Nisan is here, it feels like that mountain of Hashem is really already within sight. In our modern world, there is no shortage of reminders as to how significant that mountain is, how central Har Sinai is in our development as human beings. Now, for those of you who are fortunate enough to not follow the Oscars or news on social media, the world witnessed quite a scene this past Sunday evening. At the Academy Awards ceremony, comedian Chris Rock made a joke about Will Smith's wife's hair. Now, as it happens, she has a medical condition that has led to her hair loss. And after the offensive joke, Smith stepped on to the stage and he slapped Mr. Rock across the face. And the incident, of course, provided very rich material for endless news commentary and social media. But as Jews of the Torah... This incident should really grab our attention because it's a reminder of an important lesson. Firstly, it goes without saying that demeaning a person because of their appearance is an assault. It's an attack on human dignity. Now, the joke got some excusing because apparently such material is par for the course in Hollywood culture. But that should just tell us a little bit about what Hollywood is and how much we should strive to eschew such an ill culture. Now, furthermore, the joke was revolting, but slapping the comedian across the face only adds insult to injury. And striking Chris Rock, Smith took away from his own dignity, and it's hard to see how he contributed to his wife's honor with such an act. Over the years, I've talked a lot with parents about the importance of sending their kids to Jewish day school. And one line of reasoning that I've heard from time to time of people sending their kids to public school is that they don't want their children to feel alien in the non-Jewish society. And when you think about an incident like this event at the Oscars last week, you have to ask yourself, well, why not? The fact that this degrading episode took place on such a stage is not surprising. But it's really a confirmation of how corrosive Hollywood culture is And that is a culture that is celebrated in our larger society. And so when we see what's happening in the popular culture, we ask ourselves this, where do we become people? How do we learn how to develop as human beings? 
the Chavetz Chaim was prone to say that this teaching, what it means to be a mensch, is the purpose of the yeshiva. People like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk can figure out how to get to outer space, but it takes the Torah to make a human being. In fact, people who learn and live the Torah become living examples of kavod, honor for their fellow man. This spirit of Torah is what lies just beneath that surface. And during the days of Nisan, that unique part of what makes us human is what is starting to sprout forward. Now, during these weeks leading to Pesach, as we begin to study the parshiot uh, uh, related to Tuma and Tahara, purity and impurity, we come across a very fascinating thing. Now, first we touch upon the laws of Tuma and Tahara, purity and impurity, with regards to vessels and animals earlier in Shmini. And then following that, we delve into issues of human purity and impurity, issues related to childbirth, man or woman with a discharge, the Mitzorah, in the Parshiot of Tazria and Mitzorah. Why is it that in the Torah, in, in Vayikra, Leviticus, sequentially, the laws of human purity and impurity follow the laws of purity and impurity related to vessels and the animal world? Well, that is an issue that Rashi touched upon. And in his commentary at the beginning of Tazria, Rashi writes, Just like the formation of Adam, man, occurred after the formation of all animals, wildlife, and birds in the creation. So to the Torah laws regarding human life, is, is explained after the Torah laws regarding the animals and vessels. And so the placement of Tuma, impurity laws of human beings, follows a pattern. Just like Adam, man, was formed at the, at the conclusion of creation, so too the laws of human purity and impurity come at the conclusion of the story. And the Maharal of Prague adds that the pattern of Torah law follows the pattern of creation because both creation and Torah laws are matters of formation and preparing the world for its purpose. In creation, Adam was the conclusion of the physical world because mankind is the pinnacle and the purpose of creation. And likewise, the Torah laws that apply to mankind are our tikkun. They are our fixing and our preparation. Man is not fully formed when we come into the world. We're not fully created without the Torah. And what we see here is that being a human being has a specific purpose, but it requires tikkun to come to that. The animal or the vegetable world does not need to do all that much to be an animal or a vegetable And they come at the beginning of the story. But to sprout forward as a human being requires a great deal of effort. And that occurs at the conclusion of the story. And this process of becoming fully human is what we engage in during the days of Nisan. On the 16th of Nisan, the day after the Korban Pesach, the Jewish people would bring a barley offering known as the Omer, and from that day, we would count, and still do count, seven, 49 days, seven weeks, until the Shteh Lechem, the double bread offering, is brought in Shavuot. The Mishnah in Sota points out that most grain-based sacrifices were made from wheat as opposed to barley, because wheat is considered food for humans and barley for animals. 
The Omer was an exception to the rule. It was an, a barley offering, unlike Shavuot's Shteyalechem double bread offering, which was made of wheat. And so the difference in these ingredients of these offerings coming at the begin, beginning and the end of the Omer can be understood when we consider a comment found in the Zohar that when Klal Yisrael, when the Jewish people left Egypt, we were at the 49th gate of impurity. And so at the time of the Exodus, around the 15th, 16th of Nisan, in a sense, we were more akin to the animal world. But from that day following the Exodus, we count 49 days of the Omer. And the Maharal says that seven is the number that represents completion, as we find with the seven days of creation. And so seven times seven is a complete form of completion. And in that period of striving for completion, for tikkun, for perfection, we rise from our base animal tendencies and we become greater human beings. Likewise, in the sixth chapter of Pirkei Avos, our rabbis remark that the crown of Torah is greater than the crown of Malchus' kingship and the crown of Kahuna. In fact, to merit the crown of Torah takes no less than 48 developed human character attributes, while kingship requires 30 and Kahuna only 24. One of the privileges of being in the rabbinate is being able to see how Torah figures really personify these 48 traits. For example, I think about Rav Mendel Sandorovic from the Milwaukee Kolel in Bayesden, who has served our community out here in Portland in many halachic capacities. And he is, of course, a renowned expert in Torah and halacha. When you w- witness the Rav in the Bayesden, you can see his fastidious care and mitzvot, such as writing a get. But as much as he shows incredible care for the technical halachos, the honor he shows to every common person we're working with is always striking. It doesn't matter who it is, a wife, a husband coming through the, sh- the Beit Din, people in a myriad of situations, tough times, or just times he comes to my house at the end of a long day and interacts with my wife and kids and myself. With Rabbi Sandoravik, there is no person who is more or less honorable than the next. Every individual is accorded the same abundant respect, and that is the true essence of a Torah personality. How do we leave the animal world and become human? How do we assure that our Jewish society is a world we want our children to emulate? For starters, we recognize that Adam, mankind, is the pinnacle of creation. The physical animal world is God's beautiful creation, but it is mankind that is charged with the task of tikkun. We don't come into the world fully created through Torah learning, through tikkun, through character perfection. We become fully Adam. The Gemara in Shabbos relates that Moshe told the Malachim, the ministering angels, that the Torah was given only to mankind because of our deficiencies. We are enmeshed in the physical world and burdened with a variety of challenges, including jealousy, the pursuit of honor, and lust. And as we go about this tikkun, as we go about perfecting ourselves, the mitzvot are meant to bring us closer both to Hashem as well as to honoring our fellow man. During these days, we search out our closets for chametz, we shop for Pesach food, and we prepare for the Seder. But it's important to ask ourselves, where does this lead us to? It can be easy to get lost in the details of halachic preparation, and we can forget the big picture. 
Preparing for Pesach can cause stress. It's easy to focus on all of the halachas of removing chametz and forget the honor, the kavod of the people around us. But the truth is we, we need both. We, we could become short-tempered with people as we're so busy. As we make sure that we are yotze, we simply fulfill the technical requirement. And yet, lo zuhaderech, this is not the path of Torah. The true path is where Karen Halacha leads us to an even greater honor for those around us because we recognize the greatness of mankind. So surely we need to honor the Pesach, the Shulchan Aruch, and our Seder. It's wonderful to have a clean home, vital to have a kosher chag, even an exquisite Pesach table. And we need to honor those around us that we prepare with together for the Chag. If your spouse or someone you live with does some extra work to get ready for the Chag, go out and buy them a gift for Yantif. If someone is in need of a place to be for the Seder, honor them with an invitation. Or if you have some people coming to help clean your home, go out of your way to thank them properly. That's part of the Chag and part of these days. And as we take these steps, the beauty of our halacha, coupled with the honor we express for our fellow man, will lead us continually closer to ascending the Har Hashem, the mountain of God. Thank you for being with me today. I'm Ken Brodkin, and this is the Jewish Growth Podcast.